Thank you for joining us for another episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. I am Michelle Kane. My company is Voice Matters. I am here as ever with my wonderful co-host, Karen Swim of Solo PR Pro. Hi, Karen. How are you today? Hey, Michelle. I'm great. How are you? We're so excited because this is the first time that we've actually streamed live on YouTube and in typical Michelle and Karen fashion, we didn't actually tell anybody in advance that we were going live, but we will do that moving forward. Um, so if you have managed to happen upon us live, great, welcome. Otherwise, for those of you who will be listening or watching the podcast later, thank you for joining us yes. here as well. Yes, yes. And today, you know, we thought we'd just check in on some current events out there. Um, especially, you know, the PRO Act just passed the House. And I know we've touched on that in the past, just, you know, as something to keep an eye on, especially as it relates to the whole AB5 situation in California, um, you know, because it, it could affect how we as solos are viewed, not necessarily that we fall into the same category as, say, an Uber driver, um, and this is also to say that, you know, there's a lot of good in the act, and a lot of good protections, but um, I, I think the main essence of the ABC test element that would affect us is you guys don't understand how we work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in order to reframe this, so yeah. in 2019, AB5 yeah. California passed, and so AB5 was an assembly bill and what it did is it sought to um, it sought to really fight against misclassification. Right. That's not a terrible thing, but it is a terrible thing when you are lumping, you know, different types of people who work independently together. So yeah. somebody who's a solo peer pro may have a very different view of independence than somebody who is um, an app delivery driver. And it created a lot of problems outside of California because California right. companies then feared being, you know, um, non-compliant. And so they stopped using contractors, which is a yeah. terrible thing. So, but it not only affected, it had all of these provisions in there, like it limited writers to um, like 10 articles, I think a year with a publication. We all know journalists who write five stories a day for a publication. So that right. really limited their income amount. It really harmed um, yeah. theater actors. You know, it hurt live theater. It hurt a lot of people. And so then last year, Prop 22 was really sought to, and this is all in California, but what happens in California yeah often spreads to the rest of the country. And so we want you to be aware of this because of lookalike right. legislation. So Prop 22, yeah. the fight back, like AB5 is terrible. Let's, you know, introduce something. But what many are saying is that rather they would have really liked to have seen AB5 completely repealed. Mm -hmm. So Prop 22 um, did some things. It had some things in there like guaranteed minimum earnings. It had a stipend for health insurance. It had medical coverage for on-the-job um, injuries. And it provided some protections against discrimination and sexual harassment. I think there was also some reimbursement. Hmm. From you know, 
again, all of those things sound kind of okay. Right. But really when you are somebody who works and you consider yourself to be a business, you really have to think about it, not only from the perspective of you controlling your business, but then you hiring contractors. Cause let's remember a lot of fellows mm-hmm. also do that. Sure. So sure. Very now AB5 did have a B2B exception. If yeah. you meet the teen test, um, basically, you know, what we're seeing is that there is, as Michelle said, there's just this big ball of confusion. It, to me, the whole thing is a mess and there's just too many different standards in states to keep up with. And there needs to be a simplified system for categorizing who's really an independent and who's not. And the PRO Act, let's just be really clear, is really pro-union. That's about the unions. Right. Union unfortunately also often means anti-independent and so that Mm -hmm. works against us and so Mm -hmm. it is very important very important we are urging you to get up to speed on these bills whether or not you live in california you need to understand what's going on right now there are some other bills in the california assembly sb805 and ab1227 those very specifically are kind of trying to carve theaters out of these bills and give them protection so that they can get back up to speed quickly after the pandemic. Yeah. That's not carving stuff out only adds to the confusion. So understand what these bills are, understand how they threaten our ability to do what we do. And again, it's not because maybe you are a corporation, maybe you are an LLC, maybe you have an S corp, maybe you're a C corp. But bottom line is these things really do impinge upon our freedom to run our businesses. We don't want to be lumped in. Most importantly, you don't want your potential clients to fear hiring solos because this it's just a convoluted mess. Right. Exactly. Understand, advocate, write your local um, you know, lawmakers, please yeah. get involved, go online, lend your voice to the conversation. When there are public comment periods, comment, please comment, mm-hmm. share it, educate other people, because it's going to be apparently up to us to educate, you know, our policymakers on what these bills all really mean. Right, right. You know, I mean, they you know, it's America, there's talk of, you know, do your own thing and all this. But when you lump us in, you know, and and like you say, the perception, people's perception is reality. So the companies that might be hiring us are just gonna, not going to, but they very well may just say, I don't want to get there, you know, and do you really want to be screaming, you know, at the outset of a relationship with a client? I'm a C Corp. I'm an S Corp. Yeah. You know, do you... uh, it's like, I, it just complicates things so much. And, and, you know, I know there are so many of us out there and work is trending that way, which, you know, is partly why this has come up. But to me, it's, you know, it, it's two different segments. I'm like, yes, there are places that want to unionize and should, but there, there's the rest of us, you know, hey, it's just me and some subcontractors. Really? <laughs> 
you know, that's never going to happen. So, you know, let us just do our thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And our awesome buddy, Chip Griffin. We love Chip. You guys, he does a live show. He's really the master and he's one of the people who's really kind of mentored us and inspired us to take some risk and go live and to do things. Um, Chip and Jason Fall. So thank you both for paving the way for educating us and helping us. Um, Chip is saying that even though it pains him to do so, that he cautions agency owners because this is his, you know, wheelhouse. He works with agency owners right. to carefully consider, you know, whether or not they subcontract to solos because of the risk. And that's real. I mean, and so yeah. you guys, you know, and Chip is not an advocate. You know, he thinks that ABC and AB5 get an F. And I would agree with that. It's yeah. just a mess. But I think and and I do think it's up to us because let's face it, lawmakers don't know how rural people live, period. And no. they certainly don't understand our world and how we work right. and that we truly want to do. We want to be in business. We understand all those things. I don't need someone exactly. fighting benefits for me. I can provide my own benefits. I would love it if the government made it a little bit easier for all of us to access <laughs> affordable high quality benefits, but right. that's a whole different ball of wax. A whole other conversation. But yeah, as far as, you know, just impinging our means of making a living in the way that we choose. Sorry, isn't that the American dream, guys and gals? Yeah. Hello. I thought it was. Unless I hear about it a lot. I don't know. What do I, I know? Yeah. I've seen the tales of it. <laughs> but, you know, Truly, don't discount your voices. When they when their phones start ringing and their email boxes start getting full, they pay attention. They definitely pay attention. Oh, definitely. Look, we have a comment. <laughs> Fabulous. Sorry, we're, for our podcast listeners, we are, again, streaming live on YouTube right now. So we just saw our friend Chip chime in and it popped up. So woohoo. <laughs> We've also had my um, sweet bird baby chime in because she's not a daycare today. So she is, um, she's decided to join the broadcast. Excellent. Excellent. Mine, mine may, may join because he does not like the separation of my backdrop. It means he can hear me, but not see me. This is a major no, no in the work from home household. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So, don't be afraid to be vocal about that. And just you know, please get up to speed because there is strength in numbers. Um, speaking of numbers, there was a little interview that got a little attention this week, and yeah. we just like to touch on it just from you know, kind of a crisis comms perspective of you should be ready for anything, and you know, have the self awareness as an organization to know what's coming, and you know, maybe take steps to avoid certain things from happening. <laughs> of course, we're talking about, uh, it's just that thing on, um, Oprah was chatting with some people um, recently. And um, okay, come on, everybody. Did you watch the Harry and Meghan interview? Because, oh my goodness. <laughs> there was a lot of time, you know, I'm not a royal watcher um, by any stretch of the imagination. I usually skip over the articles because I legitimately don't care. But um, I found myself on Sunday night, like watching, and then I got pulled in and I'm like, wow. wow. So, you know, as communicators, I, I really do, um, I really do like to look at these 
situations and say, okay, what are some takeaways? Because yeah. this is obviously a big public rift. But if we strip away all the layers, you have a company, which I guess they call the the, the whole firm. the firm. You have sure. a company and you have people that work for that company. And you have people, you know, leadership making decisions um, that maybe the senior leadership is not necessarily aware of. And and that makes sense because that's how companies run. You can't have senior leadership involved in all of the micro decisions. However, this comes back to what I always teach is that you do need to have a very clearly defined and articulated vision, mission, and values for your company. Those are the things that allow you to set an ethical foundation, and those should be tested. They should be checked. They should be repeated, and they need to be repeated. My phrase is from the basement to the boardroom. Mm -hmm. Clearly, in this case, there were not a unifying set of principles, and there was some disconnect, mm -hmm. and people were not treated equitably and things were done that maybe senior leadership wasn't aware of. Eventually, that's going to erupt. I mean, take, you know, again, take away, you know, the fact that you're talking about a prince and whatever you feel about, you know, the monarchy and all of that. And just think of it in terms of if this happened in America and it was a corporation and people had heard it from a company because of issues, because you felt like you weren't heard, you didn't have a voice. These are all things that could very happen and they do very frequently. Yeah. So as communicators, what do we do? How do we guard against that? Exactly. You know, and, and it's, I always used to say, well, I still say, you know, I don't have to know everything, but I have to know everything. You know, comms people should have a seat at the senior table just because often where the you know, to quote Billy Bragg, the little black cloud in a dress. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just saying like, hey, not to be a downer here, but let's troubleshoot this, you know, and not to do that with everything, of course, but only when, you know, your your PR senses start tingling of just like, uh, this could go sideways in several ways. So let's either not do it or be prepared you know, let's prepare in, in case these situations come up because we think this is still okay to go forward with. And, you know, just have some corporate self-awareness. You know, there's personal self-awareness, but I think organizations need to have self-awareness as well. And, you know, we've seen this in a myriad of ways lately. Check in with the times. What is currently acceptable and not acceptable as our culture evolves? and progresses, you know. I was also really interested in the the disconnected media strategy. So apparently there was a media strategy to, to answer, to make public statements for some people to correct errors. And so again, I think that it's really important that as you're helping companies and you're doing your strategic plans and you're putting things in place that you have very clearly outlined media policies. Right. Um, some of this gets covered in your crisis communications plan where you have very strict protocols, but it's, it's equally important. You know, when I work with companies and sometimes they're huge and there's different divisions, there are written protocols in what gets a press release 
Because when you're dealing with large organizations, you can have a barrage. Everybody wants their press release and it doesn't make sense. Right. These are like all the, you know, the components of working with complex organizations that you really need to think through. When do we respond to the media? Do we correct errors regardless? Is there some threshold of error that we adhere to? Because if you don't have that very clearly delineated, what can happen is that now there is an inequitable process that not everybody benefits from, and it can lead to um, dissatisfaction as it did and people departing the company um, in a way that reflects poorly on your institution. Right, right. And, and you know, the chess move that was made by whatever element of the firm prior, you know, the story coming out about, you know, Megan bullying her staff allegedly. And while well, we're going, HR is going to look at this. And I thought, oh, boy, I bet you wish you could take that back because, you know, the, yeah. the, the, revelations in that interview just made that fall flat. So not saying that is that we're going to have those situations come upon us because clearly we are, you know, most of us in our line of work, we're dealing with journalists, not tabloids, you know, unless you're a celebrity publicist on a certain level, but most of us are not doing that kind of work. So thankfully we don't have to worry too much about that, but it does make you think, "Mm, be careful what you put out there. If you know, it is not, completely and they had to know that that was not completely you know bulletproof uh, that was yeah. quite a risk i i thought i thought oh that's that didn't age well and yeah yeah well there you know one of the things that i love and it wasn't news to me is that it, it really did ignite this conversation about a you know bias yeah. um oh, in, absolutely in bias with the media and how they handled Megan. And we've known that all along. And we've known that in spite of their lovely accents that, you know, Brits are not free of racism. It it exists in all parts of the world. Um, And so some of the conversations are a little, you know, are a little ugly, but I'm glad that we have, we are continuing to have these opportunities to confront these things and to pull it apart and to look at it, reflect on, yeah. On how we report on things and how we discuss things, how we talk yes. about who we target. Oh my because gosh, yes. You know, again, whatever you think about royals and yeah. royal life, um, she was treated unfairly. Incredibly. Yeah. And just a comment. Uh, you know, when you make Oprah speechless, you know, the yeah. comment about the child's skin color. I th- who? What? Come yeah. on. Come that on. Gobsmacking. Yeah. Yeah, pretty awful. Um, The press being around stories. I mean, and again, we've seen smaller. I have, I'm sure, Michelle, you have in our work. We've Mm. seen smaller elements of this. We've all had to deal with um, clients being misrepresented in the media, either purposely because, you know, journalists are people too. Sometimes Mm -hmm. there's a journalist that has a bone to pick. They're a little vindictive. it has happened. I'm not saying this about all reporters, most no. of which I think are ethical and lovely, but occasionally, but they're human beings. And and I have, we are there. I, there are solos that can share personal experiences where someone had an ax to grind and they chose to grind it 
using their job. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we've had to deal with these things. And I think that you, I agree that sometimes you don't address it because it amplifies it. But again, this is where your experts come into play, giving you the right advice in proportion to the situation, because just as we don't answer every troll on social media, sometimes it requires a response. Sometimes it requires a strategy to combat that misinformation. Um, I think that that's really important to determine, you know, Um, and sometimes you don't have to address it. You know, we've told clients these days, especially in this environment, that every negative comment doesn't deserve a response because there are too many. There's Unfortunately. And, yeah. and frankly, it, in the climate that we're living in, in the United States right now, you could yeah. say that, oh, my God, the sky is blue. And somebody would say, I hate you. It's not blue. Someone would bring up chemtrails. You're just like, yeah. I, I just said it was yeah. blue. I don't want to go there. Yeah. It's, it one day. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, though. You know, and uh, I mean, <laughs> If you just keep truth as your North Star and, you know, I thought, you know, what Prince Harry said was very telling, you know, that sometimes his grandmother does not get good advice. And, you know, I think they had they had a wonderful. Have anybody say that about one of my clients? I really do. I hope that never happens. Right. 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 You don't. Yeah. You don't want to have that said. Yeah. Um, You know, it's. Just that that whole specific situation, the firm, that company had an incredible opportunity, especially since, as it seems, if you take what he said, they operate from a position of fear and, you know, of wanting to stay relevant, to stay in existence, that you would embrace this new 21st century couple and move forward with it. I mean, it's, it was exciting. Oh, great. You know, what's going to come with this? This is wonderful. And no, no, no. (laughs) Okay. Well, all right then. I mean, honestly, the whole thing made me so sad. Um, And it made me sad that we sometimes forget. And I see this happen all the time. You know, I, um, people forget that we're human and, and someone commented, cause I shared you know, that I'd gotten an email from someone and they basically told me I suck. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, hello, Monday. <laughs> Here we Have are. Have a nice day. <laughs> I suck. I'm horrible. All right. Bye. Um, so, <laughs> um, I think that it's, it's really unfortunate in this really, in this climate that we've created in social media has certainly amplified that, yeah. that people really are quite comfortable in being hateful. And I, yeah. I do believe that they forget that on the other side of that social media channel, on the other side of that, you know, publication, there's actually a human being. And I, you know, as human beings, um, I saw some really troubling things that said, you know, boohoo for Meghan Markle because she is famous. That that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a successful business owner. It doesn't matter if you're an attractive person. It doesn't matter if you're wealthy. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, you have a platform and have achieved some prominence that yeah. doesn't take away from me being a human being who has real feelings. Yeah. 
from real families that are attached exactly. to you and that you can be harmed by those things. And we never, here's, here's a great takeaway. None of us can ever know anyone else's mental state That's and right. how much a harmful remark could truly send them over the yeah. edge. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You just don't know. And, yeah. you know, I've long been a follower of, you know, the entertainment industry and just you know, being a fan yeah. of that, you know, world, whatever. But, you know, and, and you could see it in, you know, people as they grow in their career and once they hit some success, all of a sudden, it, you know, people start treating them differently as far as they're not humans, you know, oh, uh, entertainers can't have opinions. Don't comment on this. And I'm like, I'm I'm sorry. Did we wave a magic wand when they, you know, hit a certain box office level that they're no longer a person? They're they're a citizen like we are. Granted, they may not have to worry about paying the rent this month, but you know, they probably also lived on popcorn in a hovel, which thank God I've never had to. You know, yeah. we all make our compromises anyway. All that to say, it's like they're still people. So I mean, you, you have that small percentage of divas, but for the most part, like just treat them like a person. Why? Why are we? Uh, you know, it's the tall poppy syndrome. It's it's the insecurity. It's it makes, you know, we're all human, and I think the trolls out there just makes them feel better about themselves. And yeah, I don't know. In my old one of my former positions, it was, you know, well, if you give something someone something to complain about, you've made them happy, so you have helped them. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I, so as we advise clients, I had a situation come up this week where um, a client wanted to host an event um, to give voice to a particular group of marginalized people. And, you know, in it, 10 years ago, we, we might've not thought twice about that. Like, yes, right. let's give these people a forum. Let's, you know, hear their issues and, and let's address them. But in light of where we live now, it's, you have to be super cautious. And I would err on, please don't ask people for negative feedback because you will get it. And then you will have this other crisis to deal with on the other side of that. Yes. If you ask them for positive stories and you frame it in a different way, then right. you're more likely to have a more successful event, but you definitely don't want to throw something and ask people to like bring your issues unless you're a therapist. No. Your therapist have at it, but if yeah. you are brand and you want to survive, please don't, because you, you're just opening yourself up to a can of worms. And yeah, it, I, I mean, in some regards, you know, and and this is where as communicators, you really have to read the room. You've oh. got to become so good at that, and you know, totally. the best of us can sometimes miss it. So yeah. you know, yeah. tap into a network make sure that you're not the only one making the decision and that you have yes. a representation of different voices because people perceive things differently. They hear things differently. And it's so important to broaden that lens so yeah. that you can do the best that you can to guard against crisis in advance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we hope that this has been a fun conversation for you and just, you know, reminded us all to just check in with ourselves from time to time, you know. And um, so we would love for you to share this broadcast. Or, and thank you to our YouTube audience who has joined us today. Special thanks to Chip who's popped in with some comments that weren't trolly. <laughs> oh, 
And before we go really quickly, we were talking about this off air beforehand, but if you haven't checked out the story of the woman who found a full apartment behind her bathroom mirror in New York, <laughs> after that, go to the Philadelphia Inquirer and read about the man who lived in Veterans Stadium for two years. Those are my, my fun reading tips for your brain breaks. But you we go. so... <laughs> I'm going to go move into Citizens Bank Park right after this. <laughs> so we thank you for joining us this week and every week. And we truly hope you're getting something out of this. Uh, we do enjoy it. And yeah, let us know what you think. Positively, please. Uh, if you think we stink, that's that's okay. We, we can handle it. But, you know, keep it to yourself. Anyway, until next time, thanks for joining us on That's All Alive. <laughs>